0: Welcome back to Crazy Faith Talk. I'm Erica. I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Steve.
0: Well, friends, welcome to a brand new series on Crazy Faith Talk. Uh, We are going to be starting a new series about the unspoken God. What is that, you might ask? "What, what, What do you mean by the unspoken God? I thought we only worship one God. We do only worship one God. Yes, you are correct. But I think that the way that we interact and connect with God might be slightly different than how, like, we see people in the Bible, say, connecting and communicating with God. By which I mean, in the Bible, we have all of these different people who seem like they are talking directly one-on-one with God, that they are speaking and hearing each other the same way that you might have a conversation with a friend in the exact same room um but since bible times that that's not really seems to be how people connect with god we don't really hear people going "Ooh, yeah just this morning god came down and talked to me through an angel and told me to do x y and z We don't really hear people saying that maybe it happens and we just don't talk about it because then, you know, we might suspect that that person might need to see a doctor. But that's not really part of our experience in the larger church of how we connect and talk to God. So that's what I mean by the unspoken God, the God who doesn't seem to be speaking in the same way as we might expect God to in the Bible.
1: Maybe we could even say that, like, even across the soul sweep of the scriptures, there's a variety of ways people experience or connect with God. And you're right. There are some stories where very literally there is an audible voice or even a person there like Abraham or a three receiving three visitors who somehow turn out to be God. And, in, you know, later classic Christianity they're like, oh, that's a trinity. Um, but like, you know, there is a guest in God in, in Abraham's tent and it's somehow God talking Then you get other places like, you know, um, Solomon leading prayers up in the temple and, you know, aiming prayers up at God. But there's no assumption God will speak back. It's like corporate worship. And uh, other times where people, you know, wait for a prophet to say, well, you know, God's message for you. But nobody's saying that there is a literal embodied voice or, or a voice from heaven or something. And then by the time you get to say Paul's letters, Paul's writing letters saying, well, like here's what. The Holy Spirit wants you to know, but he's not claiming that the Holy Spirit, you know, dictated words to him. This is also Paul writing a letter. So our experience of communicating or connecting with God, even in the Bible itself, kind of has a variety to it.
0: Yeah. And, And that's not to say that I think that at any point God was coming down and talking to everybody. Like, it does seem to be that when God was talking to folks, it was often speaking to one person a prophet or whomever who would then relay god's message to everybody else um but yeah that did seem to come in a variety of ways sometimes it was god sometimes it was a messenger bearing god's words sometimes it came in a dream right a variety of ways uh like i remember being a kid and growing up with my Southern Baptist grandparents being the major religious influence in my life. And so therefore I was reading the Bible and um, didn't have a whole lot of help in interpreting the Bible. And so like, I would read the Bible and like, Of course, all the stories in the Bible were about God speaking to these people. So like I wasn't thinking, oh, there was still the masses that God wasn't speaking to. I was just like, oh, yeah, there's Daniel talking to God or there's Moses talking to God Um, and God's talking back. And so in my head, at a very young age, I was like, all right, cool. One of these days, God's going to come talk to me. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen. That's going to be my origin story. gods It's definitely going to happen.
1: Yes, and I, I think that's such a helpful point. Is that for so many people, if your assumption is that those stories in the Bible are normative for all people in all places in all times, and you haven't had a literal voice-to-voice conversation with, say, a burning bush or an angel or a disembodied voice, you may think, "Oh, what's wrong with me? Or do I mm-hmm. not properly believe? Or am I not really a Christian because I haven't had one of those experiences?" Um, and it can be real easy also to assume anybody who says they've had a disembodied voice telling them things to do, oh, that must be authentic. They must be the real and I must be the pretender, rather than like ever being worried, our disembodied voice is not necessarily from God, but maybe should they be taken with a grain of salt or you know, that kind of thing. So, like, yeah, that we're we're in our day-to-day experience. We're either left saying, well, God doesn't do that anymore. God just doesn't talk to anybody. Or there's no way to connect with God. Or to say, God does connect with us still today, but it might be different. And that's sort of the genesis of this whole series, right?
0: Yeah, because I definitely think that God talks to us. Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: don't expect it anymore to be a verbal voice telling me. Mm -hmm. But that I, I truly believe that it is often a combination of internal and external things that are happening. That mm-hmm. is God talking to us. And that, I think it needs to be both. And mm-hmm. if it's not, then that's probably not God. But like, for example, in our vocation as pastors, um, so at least in the ELCA, we do the call process by, um, the, the synod, the overarching body, like does matchmaking with pastoral candidates and congregations. And like, they're like, okay, this is what the church is looking, this, this is what this congregation is looking for. And these are your gifts. You're a pretty good match. Why don't you go have a conversation? And so when I'm in that conversation, it's often I am looking for that internal, yes, I feel like I am called to this place. But it is also them needing to say, yes, externally, we also think that you are called to this place. It needs to be that internal and external thing. Um, And that's, of course, just vocationally. Like, I think that same principle, though, can be applied in all areas of my life of is God trying to tell me something? I both feel something inside, but Mm -hmm. also that's being reaffirmed by external voices in my life family and friends talking to me, or sometimes even just uh, somebody that I've just met, like, it needs to be both that internal and external voice that is speaking. And that, I think, is often God working and speaking through us.
1: It reminds me of, there's a phrase, I think, in the book of Acts, uh, when they're finally deciding about whether Gentiles can be accepted as Gentiles, and the response back from the church in Jerusalem is, "It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us." Blah 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 blah. But like that phrasing is interesting; that it's sort of like an acknowledges there is this sort of gut feeling, but also other people around the room also thought this was the right idea. And I think yes. that that's helpful. It's not maybe ironclad or or a hundred percent infallible, but there's there's something to be said for. If your gut is saying something, but everybody else around you says, like, no danger, Will Robinson, listen to those voices. And on the other hand, if everybody else thinks something and there's this internal, you know, poking at you that going, mm, not this isn't right or, yeah, I need to do this. There needs to be both of those together. Um, and when when one is there but not the other, keep listening, keep sifting things out. huh? Maybe this is a, a place to throw into the mix about why do we need to have a talk about how God communicates uh, beyond uh, literal uh, voices is especially for for our branches of the Christian family tree in Protestantism mm-hmm. We uh, tend to be out of traditions that say like sola scriptura, you know, the scripture alone has final authority. That was one of those great Reformation credos. Um, and I can get why the 16th century folks thought it was important to say scripture as the authority and say not as the pope. I mean, that was sort of the way Lutheran said it was. Yeah, scripture. And even if the pope you know disagrees, scripture. But that can also be. Heard or used to say the only way God ever communicates is through Bible verses. And that means, like, for the last 2,000 years, God has had nothing new to say, just find a Bible verse. And we end up then doing terrible things to misunderstand or misappropriate texts because they're, you know, we, we well, I've got to have a Bible verse to back up what I want, but the Bible doesn't directly address this question. So I've got to find a way I can take something out of context. It it, make, it makes for bad Bible reading and also misuse of what the Bible is for. If we end up saying God never communicates any other way to people, you know, in the last 2000 years, once revelation, revelation 22 is written and the ink dried God stopped speaking. So just go read that. That, again, it kind of sounds like God retired and went somewhere, you know, sunny and and decided not to be involved in the world anymore. And that feels like mm, something seems wrong about that. So especially for Protestants that can have a temptation of like, well, the only way you'll you'll know what God's will is, is go read a Bible verse. That can feel like, okay, but how will I know what Bible verse to read or how will I know what, you know, what's God speaking in there? That kind of thing. And so much of
0: what's happening in the world today is not directly addressed in scripture.
1: Right. Right. You know, and and
0: so, and that's why we've done the bad Bible reading because we've taken things and (laughs) we've twisted the context or pulled them out of context completely and said, well, you know, it says this. And so, because it says this, it must mean this for our scenario now. Right. Well, maybe, but maybe not because there was a context that was written into. Right that does not match our context in, in in numerous ways right not even considering the fact that we are you know two thousand years later mm-hmm. and on two different continents sure, sure, sure. was
1: you probably know that bad joke uh where the guy says um i'm gonna plop open my bible and um find uh, a verse at random and that's going to be what God has to speak to me and he mm-hmm. lands on and Judas went out and hung himself and he goes well that can't be right I must have done it wrong and he says the next verse and he flips to another page and comes to Jesus said go and do likewise I mean like it, it I mean that's a it's a bad caricature but like there, mm-hmm. it is so easy to treat like Um, that the, the Bible as the only way that God communicates is, well, then it must be, I've got to plop my Bible open and point fingers. And that's, I know, God speaking to me for the day. And then you end up with, yeah, really dangerous, um, misuse of the Bible, as well as what that suggests about God, that God just like got done saying stuff. And now there's no more guidance, um, or there's no more sort of living God. We just end up being sort of like a historical reenactment society, you know, like, and and again, like when, when I think about people who redress up and reenact civil war battles or something like I, I I get some people find that very, very interesting and compelling, but like, you already know how that story is going to go. That says very little about, okay, how do I face the very real geopolitical issues of my day? I mean, it's pretty limited usefulness. And so we don't want to, we don't want the church to become just the, Jesus Reenactment Historical Society. So in this series, we're going to be looking at what are ways that we might look for or listen for God beyond the printed page or beyond a literal disembodied voice. Um, and maybe we should start with like, what are what are some kinds of categories or kinds of things we're going to be talking about in these weeks? How, how, how should we get a handle on them?
0: So I think uh, we're going to be talking about God sightings. So like, how do we, for lack of a better way, train ourselves to look for God active in the world. Um, and I think we're also going to be talking about some co- um, contempt contemptative traditions, traditions uh, and how people have chosen to connect with God, often non-verbally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Well probably also then that will lead us to talk about 'cause so often those things that people think of or talk about as God sightings might happen in uh you know, being out in nature or in creation or things like that. And that will maybe lead us to talk about how how do we do that? How do we read creation rightly? Plenty of theologians for Plenty of centuries have said, yeah, God's glory is revealed in creation, but how do you, if it's hard enough to interpret a Bible verse, how do you interpret a pine cone? How do you interpret a wolf hunting a deer? You know, like, how do you make sense of where God is in creation? Um, and again, does that give me guidance for my life? Um, Uh again, like if if there's bad ways of misreading Bible verses, certainly there's bad ways of misreading what God is revealing in creation. So that'll be a place we'll need to explore as well. We'll probably also along the way be talking a little bit about um you 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 put it well, Sarah, about sort of like training our our brains or our minds or our even our spiritual eyesight to recognize what might be going on all the time so that like this is less about how do we make god talk to me more as if god isn't talking and if i do the right procedure god will talk more but maybe god is visible or experienceable in all sorts of ways and i just haven't had my sensors on i haven't been able to recognize what god's up to i've I've told people plenty of times over the years when i first met um first started dating um my wife when she was just um a classmate in high school and she was driving a 1985 gray volkswagen jetta i could not have identified what a volkswagen jetta looked like for the life of me it was you know about the blandest grayest sedan there is um but once i knew she drove a volkswagen jetta anywhere i'd be driving i'd start noticing jetta's all around because like that was that was the car that my senses. oh that that's her car that could be her that could be her that could be her um And I don't think there's an uptick in Volkswagen ownership just because we started dating. I think I started seeing things uh, that had been there all along. And I guess I think some dimension of our spiritual life is like spotting Volkswagen Jettas. Um, That it's not that God has been silent. And unless we do the proper protocol or routine or spiritual ritual Only then will God make an appearance, but that God's fingerprints are all over our lives all the time, but most of the time we are not attuned to or even open to the idea that God might be at work in those circumstances. So maybe something is going to be like, how do we recognize what God's been doing all along, but that maybe we're late to the party or slow to recognize?
0: I'm excited for this series, but so yay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can, can i ask again like as a word of introduction here um it sounds like we've come down so far and god doesn't only speak through the bible but that doesn't mean this is going to be serious it's anti-bible by any means but right. more to say like obviously bible is at the center of christian worship and discipline and discipleship and all that kind of thing so yeah in our gathered worship we continue to read from the scriptures, hear somebody expound upon the scriptures. We'll still do Bible studies. People are still encouraged to do uh, one-on-one, you know, reading of the scriptures. Great, great, great. And our prayer life too is going to continue to be often verbal. Like, you know, I don't know about you, but often I find myself putting prayers in words, not always, but yeah, sometimes it finds words and that's fine. We're not anti-verbal, but to say God transcends that and that God might be, knowable or connectable in ways that are beyond words and in those instances not to shut ourselves off from that so it's less about either or either god is verbal or god is non-verbal but to say both just like human communication right we've we've probably said a bunch of times on this podcast too when you're talking to other people The words that come out of their mouth or the words that they write are one level. But when you're in a face-to-face conversation with somebody, you get so much more because you hear tone of voice, you hear facial expression, things that don't come across in a printed manuscript. Um, And because of that, like certainly we can expect our relationship with God should at least have that much dimensionality to it.
0: Yes, correct. I completely agree with that. Uh, in college, I had a quote from a rabbi that I really liked. And I made it my wallpaper on my laptop for a while. Mm -hmm. I unfortunately do not remember who said it, but I really liked it. And it was something along the lines of, when I pray, I talk to God. And when I study the scripture, God speaks to me. And I Really do believe that. Like, I'm a big fan that that is why we should read the Bible because it is one way that God Mm -hmm. does still speak to us. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I also do not think that we should try to try to limit God in any way. And by saying that scripture is the only way that God will speak to us, I think is very limiting of God. God can choose to speak to us in however God would like. Um, and so I think we just should talk about some of the ways that God might choose yeah. to talk to us. And even this, what we end up talking about in the series, I don't think is um, exclusive, right? Like right. there might be ways that God might choose to speak to you or somebody else mm-hmm. um, in a way that we aren't going to talk about in this series because right. we only talk about things for so many weeks before we yeah. choose <laughs> to talk about something else.
1: We might even discover that people in the Bible have encounters with God that are nonverbal, but we put into stories that are verbal. And so that's the way we think of them. But to go again, everybody who's in the Bible doesn't own a copy of the Bible to read. Some people might have access in a public gathering to a scroll of, you know, what we might call one of the prophets or the Torah or something like that. But our modern day picture of everybody gets out their personal copy of the Bible. They've been underlining or reading through a verse a day or a chapter a day. Nobody has that. And nobody assumes that's even a possibility anywhere in the Bible. And yet everybody in the Bible is in relationship with God in all sorts of different ways. So like that, I think that's a helpful piece. We may discover as we look at different ways of connecting with or experiencing God, that these are not just modern phenomenon, but people throughout the scriptures have found themselves in places like that leading them to say or recite things like, be still and know that I'm God, right? So you can experience God just in stillness or Elijah and the sound of sheer silence. Um, or the the psalmist poet who talks about when I consider the works of your hands and the stars that are your handiwork. Like, so clearly people in Bible times whose words are now in the Bible experience God and connected with God in nonverbal non-printed in the scripture non-preached in a sermon disembodied voice kind of ways and exploring that is going to be i think helpful for enriching all of our lives so none of us are advocating that your uh local church needs to become only a quaker service where there's silence until somebody you know is prompted to speak we're going to keep reading bible readings we're going to keep preaching sermons but just remembering god's got a wider palette than just that and that's kind of what we're going to be looking at in these coming weeks So all those things said, we'll invite you to join us for the journey here in these upcoming weeks as we uh, have some conversation, ironically, about the unspoken God here on Crazy Faith Talk. See you all. Bye.